Hey everybody, Zach here. Before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to make you all aware of a new higher education CRM that I've recently come to know that I think many of you will be very, very interested in. Um, and the best way to actually describe what the really the power of this CRM is to use an experience disruption analogy. So if you listened to one or more of our podcasts, you've probably heard me at some point talk about experience disruption. And one of the best ways to explain what experience experience disruption is, is to think about Uber's relationship with the traditional taxi industry, right? So from a product standpoint, Uber and your traditional classic yellow taxi cab aren't objectively different, right? They're both going to get you from point A to point B. But the difference with Uber is all in the experience. You can pop up your phone while you're at the bar finishing up your drink and request a car. The car will pull up and it'll take you exactly where you need to go. It's, it's an experience with very, very little friction, and that's why Uber wins. So similarly, Verity CRM is a CRM that acts more like an Uber and less like a traditional higher education CRM, which acts a little bit more like a taxi. So Verity delivers the industry's easiest way to communicate with perspective existing, and former students. They have a powerful built-in contact center that facilitates effective communication via multiple contact paths, which really allows university departments to focus on high-value conversations that lead to higher retention, greater conversions, and more effective job placement. The CRM is not just really, really powerful. The interface is beautiful, and it's, it's really fun to kind of play around with and build content in. It's super, super, super easy to do. So it's got like the powerful robustness of like a slate, but the easy to use functionality of like a HubSpot. And it's a higher education CRM that's built exclusively for enrollment managers and um, enrollment marketing teams. So if you want to learn more about Verity and you want to understand more about how this product is disrupting the higher education CRM experience space, head on over to verityiq.com. That's verityiq.com forward slash Enrollify to learn more. Hello and welcome to the Enrollify podcast. My name is Zach Cruz, and I am your host for today's episode. And today I am joined by Cornelia Anderson, who is the CEO of Verity IQ. Welcome to the show, Cornelia. Thank you. Thank you, Zach, for having me. Well, this is a very exciting day. Um, this is actually Cornelia's uh, podcast debut. Uh, your first podcast interview, it's going to be lots of fun. I, I'm really excited for our listeners to get to hear about you, your story, um, you, the, the various uh, thought leadership that you have to share with us. Super, super excited. And I'm sure that this is going to be the first of many podcast interviews, Cornelia. So um, just be prepared. I'm, I'm glad you're going to like cut your teeth on this one with us. Um, and and then, uh, you know, a podcast with much more notoriety is, uh, is look, sure to I come calling. I look forward to it. I look forward to it, Zach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. 
gosh. Thank you. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So I like to start every interview with a different opening question um, that at least loosely corresponds to uh, something about my guest or, or the episode's topic. So my question for you, Cornelia, is what is your current favorite software or app that you use at least a few days a week? And, and what do you love most about this tool? You know, this is probably the the easiest question that you're going to throw at me, Zach. Um, <laughs> I do have a favorite, and I've always had this system. And I actually, I've used, I was one of the early adopters of this system. Okay. And I always loved it. And every time I have to make decisions in, in system design or feature design, I kind of, like, for some reason, always comes in, uh, in mind. So I, it's called Gusto. Gusto. I don't know if you've heard, there used to be Zen Payroll, right? So it's our payroll and employee management system. Okay. I've used it again for, for, it's like for a very long time. And it is so simple and convenient, huh. right? but it's so robust because it, it does everything for you. So, and the reason why I like it is because I know simple is not at all simple. Yeah. So from my experience, I know that there is so much thought and effort, right? And encapsulating complexity on building software. So I really appreciate the system, every screen and feature. Um, I always go back to it. Okay. And, and, and you said it was Gusto? It's Gusto. Yeah. It used to be Zen Payroll. Okay. Okay. Interesting. In days. Well, there you go. Uh, I, I always love knowing, like for, I, I know a, a number of people who are in the software development space and um, I always love asking them like, okay, what are the tools that you're fiddling around with? Or what are the apps that you have on your computer or your phone right now that I need to be aware of? Because they're typically uh, quite critical of, of software, um, which again, makes makes a lot of sense. And so if they like something, chances are that it's 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 a great product. So appreciate you uh, you sharing that with us. <laughs> I really know. I mean, again, I really know uh, enough to appreciate it. So it's it's great. Well, shout out to Gusto. Hey, uh, maybe they should be the sponsor for today's episode. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So you're sitting on a plane. Okay, it's it's post COVID, or it's it's at least safer to to fly. And the person next to you asks what you do. They don't want. They're not like the kind of person that you know wants to chat the entire flight. But they're also not going to let you get away with a simple answer like, I work for a higher ed tech company or I work for a higher ed software company. So how do you explain to them what you do and and then what your career to date has looked like? And then how would you explain what Verity IQ is in a nutshell? All right. So, um, you know, sometimes when they ask me what I do, I do start with something like that. Okay. That I work yeah. for a higher and and I always get the blank stare. <laughs> and so and then I find myself having to explain further. And uh, actually, the funny thing is, like my family, they, nobody understands what I do, <laughs> no matter how hard I try to explain. But if I sit next to that person on the plane, um, I think I would. Well, I would say I typically would say that I help design and manage a communication platform hmm. that helps colleges and universities communicate with prospective, current, and former students. And everyone seems to get that, um, at least. So, and if the conversation happens to continue, sometimes it does. Um, what I like to describe myself usually when I when I speak to, yeah. to strangers and friends, uh, that I am the product of career education. Hmm. So, yeah, so just to give um, like a long, like a background. Yes, I please. I graduated from a career high school, okay. believe it or not. 
And I started my first job at 19 as an elementary school teacher. Wow. So from there, I've always been around schools. And in the United States, I studied uh, and graduated at this small career school uh, where I've actually seen a computer for the first time. Wow. I touched the keyboard. Yeah, so since then, I've always been around schools from like a junior engineer student, then junior engineer, and all the way to executive management. So I never strayed away, maybe maybe once or twice, but not for a long time. That's incredible. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, And about uh, like Verity IQ, so Verity is was built from my own technical experience and domain knowledge, right? Because I, again, I've been around schools for, for so long, uh, but also it is the company and product, they're built around the experience of some of like the most brilliant minds in the higher ed space, hmm. uh, which I had the privilege to meet along the way. And I've always, I've always wanted, I'm always dreamt of building this system that is very simple, extremely efficient, and like transparent throughout that you can see everything from the top down. Um, and the reason for that is like when I was a software development executive at a college, I had to manage a portfolio of close to 50 applications. Wow. Third party wow. applications integrated with the homegrown uh, student information system. And it's 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 hard at yeah. some point. It just uh, nothing really works. Not nothing really talks. Nothing really is in sync. And then good luck with going uh, to this executive meeting, and everyone's number looks different. Yeah, right? because everyone's looking in a different place. So the vision behind Verity IQ and Verity as the product was to bring everything back into one platform, right? The turnkey with everything that takes at the same time. That's incredible. I'm I'm curious just to back up a little bit. Like how how do you go from elementary school teacher to software developer to CEO of uh, an education software company? Like what is were you did you study software development in school? Like how how did uh, mm-hmm. how did that sort of transition happen? Well, um, so now I actually have a degree in psychology and social science okay. from, from back in the day. Uh, the high school was a teaching high school, right? We were, were being taught to teach elementary school. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I, I got a degree in psychology and social science. And, and I, when I got in the United States, I was looking into anything that I can build a career on that I don't really have to talk much. Right? It's the language barrier. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, well, computers. So I'm looking at this uh, this newspaper, Miami Herald, and I'm like, what can I study? Where can I go? And it was this uh, school teaching computers. I'm like, I don't have to talk. I don't have to say anything. Interesting. And uh, it was just by um, really a big coincidence. And I got into it and I really loved it. And I just got into education and education technology and it's something that uh, uh, I like to do and that's what I see myself that's an incredible no that's that's an incredible story and I think like a real just like testimonial to the importance of education and the importance of like educational opportunity and um, I you know your your story is is the dream of so many um and it's really exciting. I mean, it, I'm sure it required an incredible amount of grit to 
to first come to the United States and then to be as successful as you've been able to be um, uh, since being here is, is absolutely remarkable. So, uh, you know, well done. Thank you. And I'm sure your story, my hope is that your story, uh, has, and, and will continue to inspire, inspire, uh, uh, many other students. So, um, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> Thank you, Zach, as well. Well, great. Uh, one of the things I'd love to talk about today is how to use technology for efficient and effective outreach um, in an, all in an effort to kind of capitalize on everything happening um, in, in any sort of enrollment marketing strategy. So I'd love for you, if you wouldn't mind, to just start by describing like what is the ideal, you know, 2020 university tech stack uh, look like like how if if you had uh, full control over every university's tech system, um, what are sort of like the the tools, the systems, the application that that schools really really need in order to be successful in twenty twenty and beyond? All right, so you started. You mentioned tech stack, right? And you know I'm very technical. And I get criticized a lot for being too technical. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to refrain myself from uh, being technical in answering <laughs> this question. Thank you. Dumb it so, down for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> so here is I'm going. I have like four words, right? I'm going to summarize this like efficiency and effectiveness uh, of a of a system and what it needs to be for at least for universities and colleges and schools. Um, so the first would be simple, right? Second yeah. is convenient. And then, of course, the words that you use in your question, efficient and effective. Very important, uh, you know, powerful four words. So I'm going to, let me go back to simple. And as I started at the beginning, simple is really not simple. Yeah. And it is, I, I was like back in the day, many, many years ago, when I was working um, as an executive in a college, I was in the meeting with a top level executive in school operations. And I was there and I was talking and talking for uh, quite a lot, describing some of the requirements that I was given yeah. to build this new feature module. I don't remember exactly what it was. So I'm giving my arguments and describing and all these bells and whistles and everything that we could, we could do and we could build. And then the executive uh, just, just pointed out the window and he says, says, listen, sounds great. I want to get from here uh, all the way to the other side of the lake. Huh. So please just give me a rowboat and not a space shuttle. Wow. Interesting. That's what he said. Interesting. So I know and it, it made me think differently. And it's um, this is why I think an ideal system. So what the universities, what the schools really, I think they need, uh, they need a, something that they a system that, or technology that they can easily configure, maintain, um, you know, light and portable, but also something that would uh, allows for like clear expectation yeah. of how things are supposed to work and give that visibility at a glance into what's not working well, right? So that's the simplicity that I think everyone should go for when choosing technology or using technology. And it seems to me, again, like I am not somebody who, I'm not a, a software developer, I'm not a web developer, I work with people uh, who are, so I know a little bit. Um, and from what I'm seeing sort of throughout the 
uh, just sort of like the greater tech space is when it comes to software, more and more and more software companies are developing their products with uh, open APIs so that it's very easy to integrate systems because the reality is within any sort of organization, um, and this is absolutely true with, within the context of even a small university, different departments have different needs, right? So your enrollment management folks like, might care about one thing, whereas your student affairs folks care about something else, information mm -hmm. needs to be accessible by by do both departments. And the reality is, while there are, you know, there, I, I imagine that uh, your your tool um, is is akin to this, and I'm sure that there are there are some others. But for for many folks, right, there isn't going to be sort of like one solution that makes everybody happy all of the time. And so more and more software companies are making it again, easy to integrate. And you know, one of the things that HubSpot, which is um, one of our favorite uh, companies says all the time is like, they don't want to just be an all in one platform. They want to be an all on one platform, meaning it's very easy to integrate uh, apps mm -hmm. and whatnot into, into their system. So I guess what I'm curious to, to kind of get your thoughts on are is like, is that, is that, uh, like, does that hold true in, in, in terms of what you see kind of the future of technology going towards? Is it going to be less of a, we're going to find one thing that is like this magic bullet, this one unicorn software that's going to solve everyone's problems. And it's going to be a little bit more of like, we're going to find a system and then that system is going to integrate with zillions of different tools and apps. Or like, I guess, what is your opinion and or perspective on like, you know, how software should relate with people, especially within the context of an organization where there are so many different stakeholders? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this, you know, it's, um, of course, I don't, I don't believe in the, in the magic bullet. It doesn't, doesn't exist. Yeah. And it's always a trade-off and some will get out of the system more than others and or some expect out of the system more than others. So, you know, my take on integrations, because you mentioned um, the integrations are, um, they, they must happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's not, there's not one time when we speak with, with a school that they, they always, they always want something that say, well, we have this, we're using this, and can we, can we get that in the system? How can we use that? So, so the answer is, right, a system must be able to integrate. Hmm. I mean, must be able to accept, to exchange data, to exchange information, and help this um, stakeholders and these stakeholders. But it doesn't have to show that. So integrations are very tricky. Hmm. They're very tricky. They're expensive to build. They're more expensive to maintain. And keeping everything in sync, because again, you you need to to give everyone. You need to keep that efficiency. Technology must must really work. Really be efficient. Um, so and most, uh, I think, effectiveness. It has to be effective. So all those integrations that come in have to be seamless. Yeah. To everyone else, right? Because otherwise, it's it's almost. Uh, as I started the conversation, I used to manage like 50 integrated applications. Yeah. It's, yeah. So uh, they don't look the same. They don't speak the same. Um, and so I think that from a system perspective and technology, it has to be flexible. It has to meet different objectives, but the system doesn't necessarily need to show it. You know, it still needs to behave as, as just one, as one piece. So a follow-up question to that, 
Um, a lot of the folks listening to today's podcast are people in the enrollment marketing space. They're either working in enrollment management as an admissions counselor, a VP of enrollment management, or they're in marketing and communications and uh, might be a director of marketing um, and or you know a a CMO. So what I'm curious about for for these for these folks right who um, probably don't come from uh, at least traditionally technical backgrounds, but right actively use CRMs and student information systems and other uh, systems and and apps within the context of of the university. For these folks, like, is it when they're they're often involved in sort of like the reviewing of uh, an RFP for like a new CRM or a new SIS, right? So, what I'm curious if you could give any sort of pointers or, or shed some light on is it is it fair to say that like when evaluating a CRM or when evaluating a student information session system, excuse me, or any sort of like other major software that's going to be used within the context of uh, the university, that it's that it should be very like these in, enrollment marketers should be looking for like how well does this system integrate with other systems that we either currently use and or may eventually use. In other words, do you think that like any system that doesn't have open and easy to to access APIs is going to be like irrelevant in the next few years? Like I guess how are there any sort of pointers you can give to people when they are in sort of that evaluation process um, in light of what you've just shared about the importance of integrations? Sure. So I think, um, you know, we've, um, we did speak with, with schools and around RFPs and, you know, those, those questions and everyone is expecting the system to integrate with what's needed today, but what's, what's needed, I don't know, at any time in the future. Yeah. So I'm gonna st- I'm gonna take a step back. Please, right? please. Because we've 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 talked about this with with too many schools, and and I'm gonna go back to my story. So when we speak with with, with prospective clients, and we you know looking into CRM solutions, and we we demonstrate the solution every time. So most I mean every time I would say most of the time, um, everyone starts. Uh, um, everyone wants that space shuttle, huh. even though they need a rowboat. So uh, let's go back. I think I think besides the inter- integrations, which is great, right? The system must integrate. The system must be flexible. Um, but I do think that when evaluating a system, you have to start with the basics of what the system must do and how well it does it, right? Hmm. And then, for example, the basic feature for a CRM, you must communicate. Right. So, okay, it communicates and easily, seamlessly at the right time with the right message, uh, offers that great student experience, allows staff to make data-driven decisions, and then, you know, dive into other needs that will supplement what the system already does. Hmm. So, so I think, so integrations and yes, you have to be flexible, um, but you need to start from what is actually needed and is going to make a difference and then continue the conversation to the next. But I do think that the technology of the future has to facilitate, has to facilitate a lot more with less. Yeah. So, and it's becoming so much easier. So we are integrated as a communication platform. Of course, we didn't build our own phone system. Sure, we didn't build sure. our own email system, our own chat, our own video, 
uh, SMS and everything else that we have. So we are integrating, we're facilitating, right? So, however, in order for everything to work well and to work in sync and prove those, you know, allow for the system to be efficient and allow for the end users to be effective, um, all these integrations have to, they have to match, they have to, to, to talk to one another, right? So I do think that, again, the systems, and as to your point, this, this new systems and new technology has to be flexible and it yeah. has to facilitate by any means possible anything that's native to the system or talk to something that's outside of the system uh, if it meets the objectives. Fantastic. I, I appreciate that sort of uh, that walkthrough and that clarification. This this sort of brings me to like my next question, which is, you know, enrollment managers reportedly are guilty of using only about 20 to 30 percent of their institution's CRM. And most of them would say that, you know, the reason behind this is because they're just overwhelmed with all of the bells and whistles and all of the data that these tools, you know, make available to them. So, you know, there's a lot of data here. There's a lot of, and, and again, if you know how to use these systems really, really well, you can get a lot of bang for your buck, right? You can get remarkable insights. But for a lot of folks, they're unsure of how best to leverage these various tools to make good strategic decisions. So my question for you is, how do you think schools overcome these barriers? And and could you walk us through a, a framework um, for for how best to sort of leverage the power of, of any given tool? Maybe we just use a CRM for, for as an example here, uh, to help yield the, the insights that enrollment marketers really need to attract, engage, and delight new qualified students. What advice would you give for folks for how they can best leverage their systems? So I think they need to start with the student experience hmm. that they wish to deliver. You must start there as a school. Right. And I know there is always a need for, for the back office and, and getting keeping the goals in check and making sure that the marketing dollars are well spent. So, but I think everyone from an enrollment marketer's perspective and uh, making sure that the CRM will optimize the, the marketing strategy, and you need to evaluate again everything from the student experience. So what is that... Um, what, what is the need? What, yeah. what, is, what is the student? Who is the student, right? Who is the prospective student? Who is the student uh, that's being targeted? And then what is the message that needs to go out there, right? And by which means? And uh, what is the content that needs to be delivered? So if you start from the student experience, then you, you walk your way back and see what needs to be done. Does the system uh, do this? Does the system do that? Um, so what is what are those uh, basic features or basic functionality that you need to ensure that experience for the student, not just uh, you know the content, but also is the brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's it's the brand because you you get that message in front of them, and they relate to the brand, and then everything starts from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I think like what I'm what I'm hearing you say is ensure that sort of like pathways are designed well, that you think critically about like conflow structure, you think critically about um, how you're going to nurture a new perspective inquiry that comes into the system that comes into your CRM. Like, how do you ensure sort of a frictionless, uh, really, really engaging uh, perspective student and ultimately even student experience? And so I, I'm curious to like, 
like when you think about um, you know, your time working at a university and your like how you related with uh, enrollment management teams and, and marketing communications teams, like, do you think like I guess what what advice would you give to people who um, feel like like maybe they just bought a brand new CRM, right? Maybe they bought uh, a Slate, maybe they bought a Verity IQ, maybe they bought an Element 451, whatever it might be. They bought some sort of brand new CRM. They got sort of like the the onboarding that comes with the comes with you know uh, as 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 an add on or as a required package associated with the product, um, and that's you know a week long or whatever it is, few days here and there, a few days of training. And then they're sort of like released, right? How do folks mm-hmm. like what sort of systems or processes or, or checkpoints do you think sort of like need to be in place so that teams can continue to learn how to use more of the tool and continue to uh, hold themselves accountable to really making the most of the investment that the university just made in a given tool or, or suite of tools? Right. So this is, again, we we see this every day yeah. and we, we speak and we know that's the case that, that you know, you take a, you, you get a system and it's from the very beginning. It, it is a commitment. Yeah. And yeah. especially like CRMs, there's all these communication platforms and I, I know what it takes to build them. Uh, so it's it, the expectation is that if if you know, you close your eyes and everything is just going to start working. And so then from the first, first, when you, when you get your eye on that system and um, start like designing and, and, and thinking how this could help, yeah. it's about the commitment to it. You have to commit time to understand um, how the system works and what it can do for your process. So process-oriented, first you have this, every school decision makers, they must have the process, right? Yeah. So, and then you have to fit that process in that system. And that is another conversation and, and, and challenge sometimes. But I think the advice would be, it's, so, it's taking time, it's taking patience, because after that implementation, uh, time period goes away, uh, then the, the champion and the, the they need to understand how the system works and they need to know how to read the, the signs and how to interpret. And then they need to be able to design that contract, contact strategy in such way that again, first they understand it very well and then they know uh, how to adjust it. Because yeah. it's always a learning process. So we have most of our clients, they get in the system uh, with some expectations. Everyone has an expectation. And then three, four, six months down the road, uh, they start seeing things that, oh, this is not working as we expected. Yeah. we got to change everything around. So they change their contact strategy around. But first, if you don't understand how to read the signs, it may take you a long time to... Uh, and anticipate all those problems and, and get to fix them before it is too late. So that is it just patience um, and in and, and time and uh, using one feature. So start simple, right? And then add, see what works, see what doesn't work and keep adjusting from there. Yeah, it's almost like it. it would be fair to suggest that 
it's at least maybe not somebody's full-time job, but at least a heavy part-time, if not a full-time job, just to help ensure sort of after the initial training from the uh, the software company that the actual rollout and implementation within sort of like the nuances of how, let's use an SIS, for example, how student affairs wants to set something up versus how advancement wants to set something up and mm-hmm. ensuring that there's synergies and contact properties are named accordingly and grouped, appro- exactly. you know, grouped appropriately for, for individual department needs. And, you know, when it comes to Uh, an enterprise solution, right? Like you are going to need to, the product does need to be flexible as you were, as you so uh, kindly and, and rightly said earlier in order to adapt to different stakeholder needs, um, depending on, depending on department, depending on audience, et cetera. And it, I think where we see sort of a lot of schools stumble is they go and they, they buy a new CRM or they buy a new SIS. They send, you know, three people to the training for a week. Um, and then they come back and those people are supposed to like have learned how to do everything for everybody. And that's just, that's just not a fair, uh, um, expectation. And I think like in turn, people really need to know, like the schools need to understand that, Hey, the investment isn't just in the product. It's not just in the software. It's also in the human capital that's going to be required to help implement this throughout the enterprise. Absolutely. It has to work for everyone. So everyone needs to to buy in and everyone needs to adopt it because it has to speak. I know there are departments and the departments working in a silo. uh, And this is why the system really must bridge right from the beginning to the end. Everybody needs to understand what uh, the side effect is of making that change. um, And then the system, that's another good traits of a modern system yeah. it needs to it needs to adapt quickly you need to be able to make those changes quickly when yeah. you start seeing that something that has to change uh, so there is a lot to it um, zach and from the expectations to actually managing it and working with the system and i have to mention it's also along the way is the level of support you're getting yeah. from because you're going to need it. And no matter how much knowledge you got into that first week of training, and then you're relying, hopefully, those three people who are trained for a week will convey that and will share that knowledge with everyone else and everyone else will understand in the same way. You need to have that good relationship with your your CRM vendor, your your partner, and um, be able to to adapt and change. just to make it make the system work for everyone and then take it again one step at a time uh i think the understanding systems are are complicated these days especially crms yeah and um we may make them look simple and that's the goal it has to look simple it has to be a simple tool but they're really not simple and there's a lot of thought and i can speak probably for all Everyone, everyone at the school who adopted the CRM, there's a lot of thought that needs to go, that goes into getting your contact strategy in place, your automated messages in place, your messages, your content, uh, feeling how, who you, knowing your prospective student uh, pool. Yeah. And it's, it really takes a lot of thought and you, you will change, they will change, they're all changing. So you have to be able to change right away. Yeah, yeah. This is a uh, your your last comment just inspired this question. But um, do you think like when you? It, it seems to me that like CRM, um, a, as a term, has like uh, 
I don't know, like not outgrown itself, but it's been like augmented. Like when I think about like what a CRM is today versus what it was even just like five to, you know, seven years ago, the expectations are so dramatically different. And like, I guess, and, and specifically here, right. Um, a lot of, a lot of the time a CRM was thought, wasn't necessarily thought of as like a marketing tool, right? Like it wasn't necessarily about a a lead generation tool. And now a lot of CRMs have marketing automation functionality sort of like built into them so that you can actually use them as a contact, uh, acquisition tool. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, not everyone does, but so the, the breadth and depth of like the tools and features associated with the CRM has become so broad that I think like especially in higher education, uh, CRM can mean like 80 different things depending on like what the actual CRM is. And so I guess I'm curious, like when you just think about like the future university tech stack holistically, like do you see it as a, as more of a, we need to build a solution that is like, we need, like the goal should be one system or do you think like that's naive to ever think we really will be there And in turn, what we really need to do is set very clear sort of like lines of demarcation between the CRM, between a marketing automation system, between a student information system. Like, I guess this is just a personal opinion and preference here, but like from your perspective, how do you see like the future of uh, university systems? Is it going to be more centralized or is it going to be integrated, but but more decentralized from a tool standpoint. And we, we talked about this a little bit earlier uh, a while ago, but I want to circle back and just like ask you, like, what do you see from your perspective? Like, where do you think the future of the university tech stack is going? So I've seen, I've seen, I've seen either, either one. And I think I've lived through those times right when when all these specialized tools started to come out and it is easier these days because you have all these api companies right that's all they do and it is so easy for uh for technology builders such as ourselves it's it's very easy to tap into those and build great things at a like lightning speed but um but at the same time right if um I'm I'm also seeing that from a, from an institution's perspective, yeah. right? That whole um, silo and how everybody communicates and how there's no the visibility. So I think it depends if the organization what are they what are they looking to see in their data. Yeah, it's all the data because that data tra- the data travels between the systems and but ultimately. Uh, how do you look at the data? Are you an institution you're making data-driven decisions? It, because if you're making data-driven decisions, then uh, sure, it, it is easy. There's so many good tools out there that you can get them all and use an umbrella of tools around your CRM or around the student information system. But then how do you look at the data? Hmm. Right? How is that coming in the system? What does it mean? So what I'm seeing, Zach, I'm seeing that Everyone gets very excited about all these tools that are out there. Um, however, everyone wants to just pull the data from one place. Yeah. Because yeah. this data, this data element right here will 
it's crucial for making a decision in another system. But if you don't have them in the same system, it either takes time or it's too late or uh, something like this. This is why a CRM, and I struggled with this acronym for a very long time. Hmm. I mean, what is, what is a CRM? And as you say, when we present ourselves as a CRM, we ask, oh, do you have marketing automation? Do you yeah. have? So every, everybody's, they don't, I mean, integration is great because we are integrated, of course, but nobody does, you know, the system works as a whole. Yeah. So I do think that a system that's able to easily integrate and gather the data into one platform, it is much easier to maintain, is much easier to, is much more transparent and allows for this data-driven decisions and ultimately offers that better experience to the students. So it'll be very interesting to see um, what the technology is going to become. Yeah. But um, I think, and also the portability of a system, how easy it is to implement, how easy it is to move around. I mean, we've seen lately that from a CRM perspective, you have to meet your staff and students where they are. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So you have the systems that's that's here, you have the other system over here, then how you put everything together and just pack and go and use it as needed. So it's it's going to be challenging, but interesting to see what's coming for sure. Yeah, it's, it's almost like people want to use the tool that they want to use, but they want to have access to the data that everyone else has. So it, it's almost like I want to be able to use the system that I want to use, but I want to be able to reference the data that is in some sort of centralized place so that like I can pull from all the information on Zach as a prospective student uh, if I'm using this marketing automation tool versus if I'm going to use this uh, email tool versus if I'm going to use this, you know, uh, the student information system, like everyone, uh, I think in, in a nutshell has their preferences on like their preferred processes and their preferred, their preferred tools. And like, I think like the future of, of software and specifically the higher education software is going to look a little bit more like, all right, use the, you know, front end tools, so to speak, um, that mm -hmm. you want to use. With the understanding that the back end tool um, is going to p empower you to use the front end tool well, uh, regardless of what that tool actually is. That is true. And I have to say that, um, you know, and everyone knows at a school, it takes many conversations with a prospective student until they decide it is the right time for them to enroll. And these conversations could take place via, I don't know, a lot of different channels yeah. could be coming in a chat, could be coming on the phone or an email or text or, or video chat. And then it could, there could be some, some time, uh, a time span could be a time span could be like over six months or eight months until the prospective student is, is, is ready. So I think from a system perspective and speaking of data, the, the CRM, for example, mentioning CRM must be able to, um, to enable the staff to treat that prospective student as family. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, Not a lead. Good. So you have to give insight into what had happened before, what conversations took place before with the prospective student, right? There's some level of insight into what happened before. And this cannot happen if you have every single piece of information in different systems. Yeah. that do not talk, right? So you're talking to a prospective student and you, you look, you finally get them on the phone and you're able to say, hi there, you know, it's been three months since we last spoke. 
you're considering a career in nursing, our classes start in three weeks. I mean, it has to be that something of some sort of resemblance and visibility insight into previous conversations. So I think that is the challenge that a lot of the institutions have today, even a, uh, uh, we're talking to an university in, uh, in town here, and they said that the challenge was that all these departments were using different tools to communicate. Yeah. The athletics department was using their own chat and own SMS. The, the admissions, they were using their own tools. So they're all great tools, but then they were spamming students with emails. They were spamming students with text messages because nobody was nobody knew what had transpired before in communication. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that you just, you know, hit the nail on the head right there and um, talk. I, I loved what you said about like, you know, admissions counselors, enrollment people need to be empowered to talk with a student as if they're a family member and not just a lead. And like that just that that hit me because I think so often like the context necessary isn't actually there and or the context that there is like creepy context like, oh, hey, like I saw that you were like jumping around on all these pages, but you don't have any sort of like the the, the actual notes and or the the context that makes um that makes that prospective student, you know, different from the next person that you're going to be talking with. So um, I love that and just speaks to sort of the need for admissions and marketing teams to have uh, systems in place that truly allow for remarkable flexibility as it pertains to personalization. So I, you know, I, I think too, that the future of, of any sort of technology that schools are going to be using to communicate with current and, and prospective students, most importantly, is going to need to be a tool that enables it enables enrollment managers to very effectively and very easily personalize communications so that at the end of the day, the journey to enrollment is as close to individualized for each prospective student as possible. Um, that's That should be the goal anyways. Yes, I, I really, we, uh, we live by that and we, we see that, you know, it's uh, in conversation it takes, if you think of re-inquiry management, yeah. From a from enrollment marketer again, it takes time. It yeah. takes time for that prospective student. They could go to your website maybe a hundred times, and you try to, to engage with them with email, and maybe you talk to them at some point. But in the end, right, the the student is not is going to be ready when they're ready, and when they're ready, you have to be ready. But you have to know, and you have the way you engage and. Um, the way you present the information to that prospective student coming through, speaking of branding and identity and personalization of the message, first the CRM needs to know who the prospective student is, you know, yeah. where she comes from, yeah. what that first, because the system is more likely to communicate with the prospect before yeah. a yeah. person gets the chance to do so. So that first automated email or text message needs to be appropriate, right? So it's not just it has to be at the right time, but it has to have the right message because that may be the only chance, right? To get a prospective student, to get acquainted with the institution, with the brand yeah. and anticipate that next meaningful conversation. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I have uh, a 
I couldn't agree more there <laughs> with you. And I think that there, there's so much there that we could unpack, um, but perhaps for a later time. My my last question for you is actually specifically about Verity IQ. Um, and I, I'm curious, so when you think about this, your your platform, your, your, your baby here, right? Like what specific problem is Verity IQ trying to solve? And why do you think your platform is is best equipped um, to to solve this problem. So we're we've seen we've seen so many systems, yeah. and I've seen so many systems, and there is this huge technology gap, right, in the industry for many schools. And by you know, my message to everyone right now is to acquire technology, like right now for all the reasons. And so what we do uh, from our end, we bring in innovation in higher education technology. Hmm. So it's twofold, right? We free administrators from the burden of operating those heavy, expensive systems, allowing them to do more or less. Um, But also ultimately uh, we are helping these institutions uh, leverage the the communication, the the brand in their communication with students and ensuring that best experience for the student. I think that's what we do, right? We, yeah. We're just trying to, to facilitate and meet that prospective student and student where they are and uh, make it convenient, make it efficient and effective for the institution, not just to communicate, but also track, monitor, and make that data-driven decision. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, and very, very well said. And I, I really do encourage our, our listeners to go and learn more about uh, what you guys are, are building and and your offerings. Um, but I just want to thank you so much, uh, Cornelia, for being on this show today with us. Um, really, really appreciate you sharing your story, sharing your your thought leadership. Um, if folks do want to learn more about you and, and learn more about uh, Verity's uh, suite of products, what's the best way for them to, to get in touch with you? They could at any time go to our website. We have very good information on our website. It's veritiq.com. Um, could we maybe request a demo, a demo to, to get a glimpse of our system or just um, give us a call to, to speak with us. And uh, we've learned to listen to their needs and see if uh, Verity is a good solution for them. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you again so much for your time. It was great having you on. Thank you so much, Zach. If you are an enrollment marketer working in marketing and communications or enrollment management and would be willing to be interviewed on the podcast, or if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear covered on the podcast, please reach out directly to me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at Enrollify.org. We sincerely look forward to working with you to make Enrollify the most trusted, go-to digital resource for enrollment marketers out there.